0: Hello, and welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast for Edgewood Church in Danville, Illinois. This week at Edgewood. I know I think about this all the time, but do you ever just wish you could get a word from God? Do you ever wish you could just get that? Just a, just a word um, to illustrate. I actually brought something. I had I raided my dean's office, and uh, I got something. Marley, recognized this? (laughs) Um, This makes a regular appearance in the morning, does it not? When we were there, take off your hood. I'm sure you would believe the looks I get, especially early in the, mor- early in the morning when kids are coming in. You know, that's my—that's that, a word from God for them, though. Take off your head; you're going to get trouble. Right? You ever wish you'd get a word from God? I wish, honestly, I do. I, sometimes I wish God would just talk to me through a megaphone. Anybody ever think that way? sometimes I just go, God, would you just, right? You're doing the right. That's what i like to hear. <laughs> a lot. Same. You ever wish you could get a word from God? Stay in the job you're in. <laughs> there it is. Be content. How about that one? Who else could I... My dad was here and go. Be nicer to your wife. <laughs> Mom paid me off to say that. <laughs> uh, to my mother-in-law. Even when you're on a diet. <laughs> okay, that might not have been a word from God. <laughs> that may have come from somewhere else. Um, oh, if Travis was here, I'd say don't swat the bees. <laughs> <laughs> so as you know, Charity's brother Travis—he uh—was swatting bees and broke his foot. I don't. That's a story in and of itself, I think. Um. Seriously though, you ever wish you could get a word from God? Maybe not through a megaphone, but uh, how about a, it'll be okay. I'm still in control. Um, fear not. I'm with you. That sin is not too much for the blood of Christ. How about a, it's not too late to repent. More specifically, those words of God that we know... God so loved the world. He loved the world that he gave his only son. Like those words from God. How about this one? You should love your enemies. Well, that wasn't the word maybe you wanted to hear, but is that a good one to hear? Back to the compassionate side. There isn't a single sparrow that falls out of the sky that God doesn't know about. He knows about you. He knows what you're going through. You can walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but you don't have to fear anything, even the Lord will be with you. And I think, oh man, to hear a word from God. Well, I'm going to pray and pray that we hear that today. And I'm going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. That's where we're at in our study. And uh, there's six things there that I'm going to point out in that little verse that I think pertain to hearing a word from God, and also six things that I think are going to help you through this week. Heavenly Father, God, I do thank you for this day, and I just thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. I thank you for each person that's here. And God, I pray that you would work the miracle of allowing us today to hear a word from you, from your word. Let us hear it. I pray these things now in Christ's name. Amen. Alright, so let's take a look at that scripture, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. I think that if you got a little note page, isn't it on the note page? You guys get a little note page? I did put that scripture on there for you. I want to encourage you as we go through this to reference back to that scripture and maybe underline some things as we go. Okay, So let me read it first. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 says, And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God... Which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is—the word of God, which is at work in you, believers. And like I said, there are six things I'd like to point out. The first one is this: number one. And for those of you that like filling in blanks, I don't—I haven't done the fill in the blank thing for a long time. Uh, did we bring pens? Some of you are like, "Thanks, Matt, for that," but I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> um, I apologize. I forgot the coffee too. On my uh, counter, kitchen counter, home right now is a freshly ma- made pot of coffee. Yes. It was for you guys. It is it the thought that counts? Oh, we <laughs> have cups. We have cups, we got cream. They <laughs> remembered the cups and the creamer. <laughs> Forgot the <coffee. laughs> Um Number one, uh, that first one there, the heard word of God. And if you look back at that verse, it talks about that. It's the word of God that they heard. It's literally... The word of hearing is what it is in the Greek, or as my favorite commentator, who's my favorite commentator, as if people know, Ben Witherington. Ben, and I like to say it that way, right? Ben Witherington III. Um, he points out when he digs in, He said it's, it's. He likes to put it the heard word of God, the heard word of God. To me, this implies two things. Things that I think are going to be obvious to you. First, it implies that the word of God is spoken. I mean, if you heard, if you heard it, somebody had to speak it. It implies the word of God is spoken. It implies the word of God is being preached, taught, and or spoken. So one of the first things that I think you ought to think about this week is if you're hoping to hear a word from God, are you going to someone or someplace that is known for this? Paul just spent the last 12 verses in Thessalonians defending to a degree that the word of God is what they were presenting. And he just went about trying to say, this is what we're doing. This is the word of God. We're bringing it to you. By the way, if I wasn't known, like if you guys didn't know me, to be one that went to the word of God and studied it through the week and regurgitated it back, should you be here listening to me? No. It's the word of God. That's what we want to hear. I'm not talking about just a good word. There's a lot of people that can have a good word for you today, but uh, I think there's plenty of churches, preachers that offer a good word each and every week, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God's word, which quite frankly doesn't always feel good, does it? It's good. It doesn't always feel that way. Second implication is that we are listening. They were listening. So if it's the heard word of God, not only is somebody speaking it, somebody's listening to it. I will admit that sometimes when my wife is talking to me, I look like I'm listening. But I'm not. She won't admit it quite as easily, but sometimes she – when I'm talking to her, she's giving me a glare. She's like, no, I always listen. Uh, I know when she's not really listening because her voice shifts a little bit, and suddenly she just starts repeating some things that I said in this like, – like she's talking to a child. So I'll come home, and I'll be talking about what happened at school. And then those kids, they were so disrespectful. and They, say, they were so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> I know that when I'm teaching, and I'm going to be honest right now, everybody looks like they're listening right now. I'm looking around. But every once in a while, I see some of you, and you're not listening. I see what happens. You're going, (laughs) (laughs) right? But this is an implication. Not only is, for it to be the heard word of God, not only does it have to be spoken, it has to be listened to. For the word of God to called the heard word of God, those two things, by implication, must be happening. Number two, they received the heard word of God. If you look at the verse, you can look right back up at the top of the page. They received the heard word of God. This word goes beyond simple hearing. So when I'm looking at it, I'm going, okay, so the, the reception, they received the word that was heard. So the receiving must be Differentiated in some way from just the hearing. In fact, I went in here and I was studying this and I thought, uh, or I found that this word in Greek literature that's translated received right here is a word that is typically used for a student when they're taking in the teachings of their master or their teacher. So it's, it's the difference between somebody when I'm teaching math in school and I'm teaching it, there's some kids that it's just, wound, wound, they're not really listening at all, but there's some that are they're, they're taking it, they're receiving, they're genuinely not just, not only are the eardrums vibrating and the sound is being translated to their brain, what are they doing? They're going, oh, oh, wait a minute, okay, I see, okay, and they're receiving it into themselves, that's what that word means. They were listening and hearing that it was being taken in, there was mental computation happening, thought processes were being incorporated, right? Worldviews adjusted, sights were shifted That's what happened to the Thessalonians And if you want to hear from God Well let me ask you, are you sure you even want that? Are you sure you really want to hear what he has to say? I don't mean just theologically But experientially Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about There's a verse in the Bible, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 Some of you know it really well The word of God is living and active Sharper than any two-edged sword Piercing to the dividing center of soul and spirit, joints and earth. discerning even the thoughts and intentions of the heart—that's the effect the Word of God can have. Who, who, who has experienced that one? Mm-hmm. You've heard the Word, and it was like a knife. You heard it, you received it, and the reception of it was—it cut down. And suddenly, you real, for me, it's been things like what, what, what it says: the, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Realizing suddenly, oh, the problem isn't this guy. The problem is I'm selfish. You ever had one of those realizations? The problem isn't this situation here. The problem is I'm stubborn. But the problem isn't that, and suddenly oh, you realize, and it's laid bare. In fact, the very next verse, verse 13 in Hebrews says, No creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So I think when we think about the reception, you really want to hear a word, of God, word from God – the hearing, the heard word? Are you ready to receive it? I'm reminded of uh, uh, C.S. Lewis and talking about the, the lion. Remember him? Some of you are like, I've never read it, but some of you may have seen the movie Aslan. In, in the book, C.S. Lewis, when he writes that, and it's, it's representative of who God is. And the little girl says, oh, he's a lion? And she says, is he, is he safe? And it's some animal she's talking to goes. Oh no 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 no! He's not safe, but he is good. He is good, and I think the same thing is true of the words of God. I, is it safe? To some degree, I go, no, but he's good in the best sense of it—not just feel good, but genuinely good. At what he brings. Number three, third thing I want you to notice. And this one was interesting because we've already said they heard it. It's the heard word of God that they received. But then he later says that they did something else. Can you guys see it in the passage that we just pointed out? Look at the verse. Oh, I see you guys are all mumbling. it. accepted, right? They accepted. So again, I went, okay, the heard word, the received heard word. But it's also the accepted, the accepted, the heard and received word of God. Another commentator, not Ben Witherington, but another guy. He said, while accepted, the word of the stream that like accepted is almost synonymous with received, this verb commonly places more emphasis on personal appropriation. In other words, they solemnly, solemnly received the sacred message and appropriated it for themselves. Now, I thought I knew what appropriated meant, but I had to go to the dictionary just to make sure. Actually, I just Googled it. Um, Appropriate. So if you have funds that are appropriated for something, that means that those funds, like you have this set money, you are going, it's appropriated to this. It means it's set aside for that purpose. I think when I think about this, when they accepted the heard word, they're they're taking it into themselves. They already received it, but to accept it, they're starting to incorporate it into their lives. They're thinking, loving decisions. I think of it even this way, going, oh, that would be used. That's for this area of my life. And some of you know that that experience, don't you? The, the word of God comes in and you suddenly realize exactly what what it fits into into your life and you go, oh that applies to this. This goes here. This applies there. It's appropriate. So, so you're taking it in. This is what the Thessalonians were doing. They're taking it in. They're hearing it, receiving it, but then it's being appropriated into their lives and Paul's Praising God for this I believe if the Thessalonians read the letter That Paul wrote to the Colossians They would have understood it when he said Let this mind be in you Which was also in Christ Jesus Paul has already All through chapter 1 talked about how The Thessalonians were becoming imitators Of Jesus He even talks about how they were imitating Paul Who was imitating Jesus In the next verse, verse 14 of chapter 2 He says you guys are imitating The churches in Judea who were imitating Jesus And so there's this, I can't think of the right word that I'm looking for. It's just filtering down this thought process that's being appropriated, apportioned to each aspect of their lives. So this word acceptance and its meaning, I think, helps us understand why they were imitating, but it also helps us with the next point, number four. The accepted, received, heard word of God is, and I'm going to put down, is verified. The which, so if you go back up to the verse, you see the which, right? You see that word in there. The which in that verse is a point of clarification or verification. It's the word of God. They did hear it. They did receive it. They did accept it. Now let's answer the question: Why? Or maybe more specifically, how do I know this? And I think very specifically, it's answered the question: How do I know it's the, that it's God's word? And the answer to that question is because. Paul says it is now at work in you. It's working in you. It's now working you. The powerful living Word of God has not returned empty-handed. It's accomplished and it is accomplishing the workings of God in the hearts, minds, lives of those who believe. There's a whole bunch more I could say here, but I want to get to my final point. Number five. All right, there's two points up. There, I'm sorry. Properly placed gratitude. Who does Paul thank for all of these things? Think about that in your head. Don't answer out about it. This is an aspect. This is actually, in Thessalonians, this is one of the longest. Paul, many times in his letters, starts off with a thanksgiving. I want to thank the Lord for, you know, I'm thanking God for you people because, you know, I'm thanking God for you people for this. And all all his letters, he does something like this. He's doing that here. This is one of the longest ones. I mean, we started in chapter 1. This is the beginning of a new paragraph, verse 13. But he's still doing what? Still thanking God. This is a very long, in fact, it's considered one of Paul's longest pauses to praise. Okay? But ask yourself, all these things I've been talking about, because it would be easy for me to, at this point in this message, say, you, you walk out of here and go... Okay, I gotta hear, I gotta really hear, I gotta listen, I gotta receive it, I gotta and thinking there's all these things you ought to do. But understand that these weren't things that Paul was telling the Thessalonians to do. He was just saying, I thank, I'm thankful to who? God. Did he thank the Thessalonians? Was he was he right as I go, Thessalonians, thank you for being such good listeners. Thank you, Thessalonians, for being so smart and discerning that you not only heard it but understood it and took it in. I, I'm thankful that you guys worked your brains as hard as you did to get it. Did it is that what he's saying here? Is he saying, uh, I, I'm thankful that you guys had such good comprehension or good discernment? Is that what he's saying? May I ask you this? Is he thanking Silas or Timothy? Because he he's been Silas was with him when he went into Thessalonica and he first preached to them. Is he thanking Silas? Is he going, thank I'm so thankful to Silas because he explained it in the perfect way? Because if, if he wouldn't explain it that way, they wouldn't have got it at all. But he he had the perfect experience and he said it just the right way that they got it. Is it did you hear him thanking Silas in this particular thing for all these things? Now, Who's he thanking? For them, for it being the heard word of God that they received and accepted. Who's he thanking? God. Think about that. G.K. Beale, another commentator, says, Thanking God for something assumes that what we are thanking him for is something he has done for us and not something that we partly brought about ourselves. Okay. Last night, now I don't want to get into the whole story here because there's a whole side aspect of the story, but last night my wife made supper. It was delicious. There's another side of that story. My son's response to it, but that's that's not part of the illustration. So she makes up. I, I now I like to help make supper. I like to help do those things. I, I you know if we're doing breakfast sometimes I help, but uh, I mean if it's like a full on meal, I'm usually not involved in that element of it. She's the chef, okay? So she made a meal last night. Imagine. If after she made a meal and she brought she was actually just serving. Like, I, I can, I'd actually fall asleep on the couch. Uh, I don't know why I wouldn't do anything. Um, I, I got up and I come out and I'm sitting down and she's like, she brings it, sits it down in front of me. Imagine if I would have, at that moment, sitting at the table, would have said, as I was eating it and as the boys were eating it, said, I'm so thankful to you guys for this meal, to them. Or what if I just thanked myself, I'm so thankful that I'm eating this meal. That would be ridiculous and a little bit what? Insulting? I would be in trouble at that point. To thank anyone for the the fact that the word of God is heard and received said to thank anybody to God himself, I think is frankly insulting, is it not? Think about the miracle here. The miracle of God speaking, initially, so that we have the written word. Think about the miracle, the fact that it's been preserved for 2,000 years. That's, That's miraculous, is it not? Miracle. Think about the miracle... please don't acknowledge this with too big of an amen. But think think about the miracle of the preacher comprehending the Bible. Aren't you thankful for that? See, some of you are wanting to laugh at you, like, oh, thank you. (laughs) Think about the miracle of the presentation of the word from the sentence structure, the word choices. Think about the miracle of speech. Some of Denise was expecting this one. Think about the miracle of I mean, the fact that I'm up here right now, I'm exhaling just the right amount. I'm not even thinking. It's like piece of cake. I'm doing this without even thinking about it. <laughs> I, I'm exhaling just the right amount of air, so it leaves my mouth, and then I'm moving all these muscles in my face and the t- just in the right way to manipulate the air. And then it's traveling through the room, and then you have this little tiny membrane inside your ear that's just vibrating. And somehow your brain understands that as thoughts and ideas. That's a miracle, too, is it not? The miracle of your own comprehension, the miracle of it sinking into your soul, the miracle. That you even want to hear this. Because I know, because I've talked to most of you, you would say, Oh, but for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. I have no interest in the things of God. But for the grace of God, I have no interest in the things of God. I know that it's God's grace. Think about the miracle that you even want to hear God's word. Earlier when I said, wouldn't you love to hear a word from God? That's a miracle that You would have said, yeah, really. It, it, you know what it means. And then you really want it. And you still want it. And maybe you've experienced the hard, the piercing element of the word of God. You go, I still want it. Where did, where did that come from? Not from you. Can you understand why Paul's going, thank you, God. Thank you, God, that the Thessalonians had the heard word that they received it and accepted it and it's now working work in their lives thank you I think by implication which means that little beside it, its application an implied application here when we're left with this reality I start to think well what am I to do I mean, I, I have never at any point in my life, of my own accord, realized that I needed to do something differently. Because if I was already set, I think this is the way I ought to go. I, I've never also, of my own accord, because of my teaching ability, I'm thinking of math for a moment, been able to persuade. How about this one? Uh, A lot of you in this room, you know, now, uh, there's a lot of you in this room that have have taught children, little children's classes, but I'm going to use the one that goes all, dates way back to even when I was a child myself, my mom. So, you know, no, she, is she an excellent teacher of children? There's a lot of you that are excellent teachers of children, but she's been doing this for a long time. You know, I grew up with that, and it didn't, it was the herd word, but did did it sink all the way in? No. What made the difference? God did. God did. So I'm lucky this and I go, okay, what's the what's the the, the implication here? I, I think that we walk out and we go, Lord, please. My now my mind starts to do some weird mental gymnastics when I start saying, Lord, please, I want to be someone who hears the because then I start going, wait a minute, the fact that I'm not even praying. Lord, let me hear this. That, in fact I'm even asking God. I'm already, okay, I'm already thankful. Let me keep hearing but what about others? Ought we not to be motivated to say, Lord, I know for myself, but for the grace of God, I'd never hear. So, Lord, this person in my life that I'm praying for, I know some of you have names that are popping into your brains right now. Lord, please shed your grace down on them. I want to be able to say thank you, God, that they had that heard word that they received and accepted and it's now working in their lives. Lord, would you do that now I think it's true that what we hope for is truly miraculous because I think I can't help but think of anything else but the the raising of Lazarus from the the grave think about the miracle of that you guys all know the story of Lazarus right dead in the the tomb dead what's Jesus what's Jesus do when he gets to the tomb I know I'm skipping a lot of the story when he gets to the tomb what's he do what's he say come forth Lazarus come out total miracle that that dead guy got up and walked out. But think about this for a second. When Jesus said that, was Lazarus' eardrum working? No. So there's an additional layer of miraculousness that's happening in that miracle. And I think we all know it. Because if you come to God. That, you know that. You know exactly what that's like. You were like Lazarus. Dead. And when God called you. He said come on. You got up. But you started to realize. As the years have gone by. The, the longer you've gotten to know. Who Christ is. And the miracle. Of who he is. You go. Oh, you did something even more miraculous. Than I ever thought. Not only really did you. Not only did I get up. And walk out. But. S- somehow. Simultaneously to the fact that you commanded it You've made my eardrums work And I heard the command To get up and come out of the tomb And that's what we pray for, is it not? Think of those people in your life and they, That's what I'm praying for I'm praying for God's voice to go Last yeah. Fill the blank with the other name That one that you love the one that you care about that does not turn their heart towards God. I'm telling you right now, you can say it exactly the right way, exactly the right. You could formulate the perfect sentence. But if God doesn't speak it, and if it doesn't become miraculously the heard word, then it's not going to be received, and it's not going to be accepted, and it's not going to produce in that person's life. So I end with, hey, you know what? Let's thank God. Thank God already. I mean, I keep praying. I say, Lord, keep letting, letting me hear. But I'm also, I'm praising him at the same time. Because I, know I know the fact I'm even asking you to do this. Is your grace in my life? But then I think we turn it out and say, Lord. And you see all throughout the rest of the scripture. Paul doesn't do it in this particular spot. But all through the rest of his letters, over and over again, you see him saying, Lord. For them, open their eyes. For them, help them to comprehend. For them, help them to see. And so I think that that's what we walk with, Lord. Please open eyes. Let Your word become the heard word this week in somebody's life. And I want to encourage you to pick out pick out somebody specific. Maybe somebody you've been praying for for a long time. Say, Lord, maybe this week will be that we could become the heard word for them. Oh, their ears have been working, but they're they're as dead as Lazarus and that's it. Let this week become the week that it becomes that report. Let's pray. Holy Father, God, I thank you so, so much that we are all here today. Thank you, God, that we even want to hear your word. I thank you for that. I thank you, God, that you have brought us together, different churches in this building today, to fellowship. Lord, I thank you for that. Thank you not only that we're doing it, but that you've stirred within us the desire to fellowship. Lord, that you've overcome the the, the barriers in our hearts to avoid you to be here. Lord, I thank you that you've overcome those things. I pray, God, for those who are not here this morning, Lord, for whatever reason. Lord, I know that we have many that would love to be able to Fellowship together again. God, I pray for your mercy on their souls that you would keep them, Lord. That they would still experience the heard word, or maybe they'll experience it from opening up their Bibles and reading your Scripture, or maybe they'll experience it from catching that sermon on the radio. Maybe they'll experience it from that live stream that that pastor is doing, or whatever the case. Lord, I pray for those who cannot make it out. God, help. Them. I pray for those, Lord, that are going to be prayed for this week. Lord, I have some minds or some names in my mind already. Because so I know that there are some in this room that, there are those that they have been praying about as long as I've known them. Gotta pray that this week might be the week that the word becomes the heard word in their heart. I pray all these things now in the name of Christ that you would hear and answer. Amen. 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 Alright guys, thank you so much for being here.